Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we excavate the remains of long-lost film trilogies and decree which film amongst them should have been left buried. I'm your host, Lord Imhotep himself, and joining me today... My name's Luke, and I only gamble with my life, not with my money. And I'm Griner. Hey, Benny, looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! My very, How good! My very worst Brendan Fraser impression. Oh, it was on point. How good is the Mummy? The Mummy trilogy, Stephen <laughs> Summers, turn of the century, modern classics. I, I love these films. I love two of these films. <laughs> I, I'm really intrigued to hear like your thoughts on these because I'm, I've I'd never seen these films before. Um, I'd always had the desire to because I like Brendan Fraser as a person. I thought he was amazing in George of the Jungle, and have just you know oh, I've always it. looked at these films as like. Oh, you know that's a that's a trilogy of fun popcorn flicks that I never I never saw. So I've I've always wanted to watch these films. Um, watching them, I kept thinking I was like, man, I wonder if Conan still likes them after he watches them now, because I don't know if you need that nostalgia dose, man. But this was rough viewing for me. Oh, I'm man. sorry. I like. I I'm definitely. Sorry. I definitely think nostalgia plays into it, but. I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for these movies. Like, I I had seen them when I was younger. My wife really, really loves them, so I don't know if her enjoyment of them rubs off on me a little bit. But um, yeah. I, I just think, like, I think you described them correctly. They're fun popcorn movies. Like, you know, they're not masterpieces of cinema. I don't think they deserve to be on the IMDb top 250 of all time or anything like this. Like, I don't think they should yeah. have got won any Oscars. But I think they're fun movies. I think I think the characters are really good, and I think, the chem- I really enjoy the chemistry between the characters in the first two movies. All, in in all three? No, not in all three, and we will get to that because there's yeah, some real man. issues in the third one with uh, quite a few characters. But I think yeah, one and two. Everything. I think one and two. I like. I mean, obviously, these movies are trying to, you know, harken back to Indiana Jones, and I think yeah. they. Yeah. I think they do a good job of that, but they also spin it in a bit more of a slapstick way. Um, but I, I like. I think Brendan Fraser. Is he as good an actor as Harrison Ford? No. Do I enjoy Rick O'Connell as much as I enjoy Indy? I think so. Really? I, yeah. I agree. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, I don't want to just like, you know, rain on everyone's parade <laughs> like to start the show. So I'll get into it later. But just like, oh, man, I disagree with that. Watching, rewatching the indie films last year when we did that trilogy, I was just like, man, Harrison Ford is like, Man, he's the guy, you know, like this character's great. And just, I love Brendan Fraser. I still love Brendan Fraser after watching these films. Um, I don't love him more than I did. Maybe a little less. Oh, but man. I just, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, they, they were they were fine to watch. Like, I wasn't like hating my life watching them. But I found like, just... I don't. I didn't find much of the comedy landing. Um, I found it very cheesy. A lot of it, and I know it's meant to be, but I think without that nostalgia thing of having seen this before, like here's the thing, we've, we've joked about it before the podcast. I watched the Scorpion King when I was a kid, just because The Rock was in it, and I was a wrestling fan at the time, and this was his <laughs> debut film. So I was like, I'm going to watch the Scorpion King. Never seen the Mummy movies, obviously. Loved that film. Haven't seen it since I was a kid. I don't know if I would love it as much, but I'm sure I'd enjoy it more than I did with these because I'd have that nostalgia thing of it, like 
remembering these certain parts. I remember certain parts from that movie now, you know, um, more so than I remember parts from the first one of this trilogy, even though I watched it two or three weeks ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think nostalgia has some element. Like, it, just, it shocks me that you haven't seen these films. These mm. films are, in my mind, are really, in a lot of ways, like the modern sort of tentpole film. They were on TV every other week. Mm. Like, I, ca- I cannot begin to count how many times I saw part of this or this was on a Saturday at, like, 7.30. And so, you know, when you've got... You can't watch anything else or it's just like, what am I going to do? You just... This is what we watched as kids. And it was also... They came out around that time of, like, the VHS DVD boom where... They were transitioning over and home sales were just like getting massive. And these things blew up. Like everybody owns a copy. Every time you see somebody selling DVDs on like a buy swap sell page, <laughs> you are guaranteed to see the mummy and the mummy returns. Yeah. Because every household owned this. And I think you're, it really does harken back to those classics of like, it's got the Lawrence of Arabia vibes. It's got the Indiana Jones vibes, the Star Wars vibes. It's like the desert cinematic. In the same way Dune will become a classic of the 2020s. This was like the desert classic that... <laughs> I think we'll we'll mark a lot of stuff by and I don't think these were received as well as Dune has been. Definitely but. not, but they made a lot of money. <laughs> Probably more money than Dune will make as well. Um all right. Well stats, you guys can for them? Yes. Let's hear stats, about stats, how much money stats, they made. Stats, stats. There it is. I'm all interested. Right. The Mummy, nineteen ninety nine, written and directed by Stephen Summers, Metascore of forty eight, made four hundred and sixteen million of the box office to an eighty million dollar budget. That's the mummy returns a good profit. The Mummy Returns, 2001, written and directed by Summers again, Metascore of 48 as well, <laughs> uh, made $435 million to a budget of $98 million, so a bit more money. Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. <laughs> uh, 2008, so there's a big gap. Directed by Rob Cohen, written by some random dudes. Metascore of 31, <laughs> made $403 million to a budget of 145 So still in the green, but not the success it wanted. Now... Yes, like I said, this film is very, they're very important to know. They, were, they weren't great critically received. They did well at the box office, but they weren't mind-boggling, but they just had a huge profit on the like home sales. They made over a billion dollars on VHS and DVD sales, which is pretty much so. Yeah. Um, that's where they made a lot from. And again, like within the, I think it was two days after the premiere of this film, like Summers was contacted by Universal and they're like, we need a sequel. So straight away they knew they had a they had a hit on their hands. as a theme park ride and it was like the most popular theme park ride at Universal Studios for a long time. There were tales of people who were like lining up to see it for hours in the sun and they were chanting Imhotep because they were that keen to get on there. Like, <laughs> oh my God. There's a following for these films, right? Um, I just... Are they really are the kind of thing, like, in my mind, I just have such a soft spot. So there is the nostalgia playing. But on my rewatch, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the first two. Like, I think they just tap into that sort of cinematic fun. Like, it's it's good characters, it's good banter. And there's a lot of great horror, like, that I just, I love in all of my films. It, it really so, surprised me watching this again, how, how much horror they've put into it. Like, the horror in this blows Indiana Jones out of the water, like... Yeah. I mean, as scary yeah. as the ending scene of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is, you know, it doesn't compare to a dude getting his eyes taken out by, by Imhotep or no. the one that gets me every time is the scarab crawling under the skin. Makes my screen, yeah. skin crawl. <laughs> no, me too. So touching on the horror aspect, this is probably why I didn't watch them. I avoided horror like the plague pretty much most of my life until I was a an adult male, and I realized that if I watched a scary movie, the ghost wouldn't appear in my house that night, 
which still sometimes isn't for certain. But I avoided horror films. And I always, my knowledge of the Mummy films were that they were horror films. I didn't know that they were, like, had comedy, which is weird. Like, but as a kid, <laughs> I didn't really know Brennan Fraser, like, as an actor, you know what I mean? But, yes. like, I just looked at them as horror films, so I avoided them very much. So I, like... um Grin and bared it to watch Scorpion King. There were some scary scenes in that, but I did it because the for the Rock. I did it for the did Rock. For the Rock, you know, <laughs> and solidarity, you know. But um, do you have? I'm just just curious. Do you have the Rotten Tomato scores? No, because we don't. Why do we? Why do you make us do metrics. this every week, Luke? Why do you make us do this? You just. It's just, the most commonly. It's the most wide used thing, it's, and you guys uh, blow over it. Anyway. I'm pretty sure the first one is 40-something percent. Yeah. It's about the same. So 48 as a Metascore, yeah, so yeah. roughly. Uh, yeah, rich... but two and three are a big drop-off. Big, big drop-off. The original 61. A... The original 61. 61. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, you liar. 61 percent. No, sorry. I'm, I'm written on I'm on it right now, The Mummy. No. 61%. He's calling me a liar. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, uh, Luke's mummy, a liar. mummy Returns, 47, and Two Dragon Emperor, a whopping 12%. <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay. So nah, I had the 12% in my mind. The 2017 remake of The Mummy is 16%, which is shocking too. Oh, have now, <laughs> okay, so I haven't seen that. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't. I, I couldn't do it to no. myself. Conan, you as a fan of the trilogy didn't go to see what they would do with it. I get, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the duology. Oh, I have okay. to say, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the first two are more than, like I have to be fans of two just because it's got Brendan Fraser still, but it's not a good film. Mm. We'll get there. Wait, okay. yeah. Okay, that that those scores, yeah. Okay, okay. Not too bad, I guess. But that, that that's okay. That they're better than um the Hobbit scores, like you were touting before. I mean, they're not better than the Hobbit scores, no. But do you do you think these are worse than the Hobbit movies? Yes. Oh wow. wow. Yes. You would rather watch the Hobbit trilogy than this trilogy. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I don't a, say that. Lightly that's a Peter Jackson bias. That's what it is. Hurt me. Um, there's an argument that maybe I'd want to watch one of these mummy films over Battle of Five Armies again, but that's as close as it's going to get. Even just to save yourself some time, though, like this is what's less than six hours of your life compared <laughs> to 12. I know. I could probably watch this whole trilogy to watch one Hobbit film, but yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I just, yeah. Oh, like, okay. Should we just get into the first movie? Well, no, real quick, a couple of things I just need to address. Yeah, okay. I, just found this re- I found this really interesting quote by um, an Emma Stefanski writing for Thrillist. She said, she compared the first Mummy film as the beginning of the end for action-adventure films as superhero films would soon supplant them in the coming years. And I found, yeah. that a really, I found that a really apt comparison. Like, watching this, I really did feel like this was kind of the, the blockbuster that we once had. Mm. And, you know, this isn't, gonna, this isn't me complaining about superhero films or whatever, like... For a solid ten years, I was I loved them, but I I think it's just interesting. To, like that was the trend, and it really and that's so funny because Iron Man comes out in two thousand eight, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor comes out in two thousand eight, and it almost feels like a perfect switchover of look how bad <laughs> they've fallen, yeah, exactly, and look how high superhero films have come. And I can totally see why. I can see any audience watching those two films and being like, "We will never watch a non superhero blockbuster again." Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's part of it as well. I think this whole trilogy is kind of like an interesting relic of, of it's a different time. I mean, that's the thing. This whole like Indiana Jones sort of action adventure type movies, they're not really a thing anymore. Like they, they were our popcorn 
flick, like summer movie flicks, and that is now Marvel movies or superhero yep. movies, you know, completely for the last 10 years. That's what it's been every single year. Um, exactly. And it's funny, like, you know, films that I feel like would have done great before the MCU, like I've been seeing a lot of discussion recently about um, Ridley Scott's The Last Jewel. Mm, um, good film, good film. I'm planning on seeing it probably tonight or tomorrow night. Um, like, I feel like that movie in the between 2000 and 2010 would be like this cult classic, you know, blew up at the box office. It's like people love it. A Knight's Tale, I picture that sort of, you know, that yeah. fandom around it. This movie bombed, you know, mm. and like I, I had this that moment where I thought about it and I was like, I feel like these movies, if they're not Marvel or they're not like these superhero things, they just don't do well at the box office anymore. Yeah. That's, yeah. Especially when you think of like Gladiator and how similar thing, everybody saw that. And that, <laughs> that film is like synonymous with like one of the biggest films of all time. And this is kind yeah. of Ridley Scott doing his thing again. And you're right. It's just, it's bombed and no one saw it. And there's a lot of other factors playing into it for sure. Yeah. But it is, it is interesting to watch it now. I mean, I, I know we just did this. We already done this trilogy, but James Bond, like, we just got there last movie. How do you think it fits into that dichotomy? Because, like, you know, famously Indiana Jones is kind of based on James Bond, right? Like, it's a it's a different take on James Bond, but he's still a similar character. Yeah. I know we haven't had many of them over the last 10 years, but this most recent one seems to have done very well. Like, it's it's been very well regarded. People are keen to see who the next Bond is, what's going to happen next for it. Is there a future for Bond? I know we're not doing that trilogy right now, but... Gets me curious. Who should think? be the next Bond? <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. Luke, what watch our thoughts? last episode about that one. Um, I feel like Bond is Bond. Like Bond's this franchise. Like it's it's separate. It will entity. have its fans. You know, I was I was talking to the lady at our local cinema. Um, about when I went and watched uh, Dune, and I was like, oh, how how Bond go? You know, like how was Bond? And she said that it was like packed. She was like, we had the oldies in here. Yeah, like yeah. we had young people. She was like, it would did really well. We had well. Grata here amongst them. <laughs> yeah, you know? the she was too. like, she was like, Bond was did really well here and like surprisingly well, sort of thing. So, I think Bond will always have its audience. Um, I feel like Bond has a different vibe too than your, like your normal popcorn flick. Like, so you don't you don't the... put it in that same category. No, fair I mean, enough. fair enough. The closest thing these days, I feel like to a an annual blockbuster flick that's not your superhero films are your Fast and Furious films. Yeah. Um, it's a good, that's a good, point. A good point. That's the closing, thing. And, like, because they're not about cars anymore. <laughs> like, barely, you know? It's just the cars, the vehicle, like, what they use to do their special scenes. But, um, yeah. yeah. My theory on it is, like, I'll try to sum it up as quickly as I can, is I think just we're getting into a point where we need, like, people, audiences want, like interconnected projects and the way the MCU has shaped that right where this film fits into this timeline fits in with that and here's a spin-off of that character and we're going to see theirs and there was there was a bit of like some you know posts going around that I saw of people sharing where they're like why would I see this film like why would I see Dune when I or why would I see the Bond film when I know it's not going to be part of some huge universe and I do think that things like Bond are part of a bigger universe and so that's why they have that relevance still yeah. Whereas I just think, unfortunately, a lot of films coming off standalones and especially even like trilogies, they just come out. People are like, why would I invest in this when there's not going to be ten of them anymore? Because mm-hmm. I do think we just they want that ability to be like, well, I'm going to do some, I'm going to read the books about it, I'm going to talk about it on Reddit, I'm going to you know really deep dive into some old material. I just think it's like a change of viewing habit, and blockbusters can't 
really compete in the same way anymore. Well, like speaking of viewing habits and everything, I think that's what it has become. Like these sort of films that like the closest films that I can think of that do remind me of like the mummy is stuff that's, it's like Netflix. Like it's like, Oh, mm. it's the Netflix film. Um, Grana, I'm forgetting the name now. The one with Charlie's they're on. Um, I was just thinking of that. I was thinking of that same movie, the one where they're immortal. Is that the, the one old you guard? Yeah, the, the old guard. Yeah. yeah, the old guard. Yeah, that that is it is very much this type of movie. You're right, and maybe and like that, that, maybe that's it, where they belong. Like I don't. That know. comes yeah. out on Netflix. People watch it, and like everyone talks about it for that week on Twitter. Like it's trending yep. and stuff, and then people don't talk. It's not like this thing that gets in people's head. Like when they see it at the cinema, they're waiting for it to come out on DVD. Like you know, we had the Fear Street trilogy. That was all this thing that was like this talk for a month, and then it's. It's gone, gone again, again yeah. you know? Um, yeah. No, you're right, because the other one's um, best example is the Tomorrow War, right? Amazon put, like, a huge amount of money into that. And it's like 15 years ago, that film would have been the biggest thing at the cinema for six months. But it just comes out on Amazon, and everyone's like, you know, people really crapped on it because it wasn't meant to be very good, but a lot of people watched it. It was successful. But, yeah, you're right, that's kind of streaming services are where now the kind of like the mid-tier blockbuster, I guess, are going, where it's like they're no longer... They're not a guaranteed thing. Um, yeah. Which I don't like, but yeah, it's, it's just the way it is. Um, so I was yeah. just having a look just briefly before we get into it, uh, like for the Tom Cruise mummy film. Because um, I was like, wondering, you know, it was 2007. No, oh, it was 2017. I was wondering how that did at the box office. And, you yeah. know, obviously it wasn't critically received well. But so I can see here it had a budget of like um, $195 million. And the box office was four hundred and ten million, from what I can see. So numbers are like numbers are different now. Yeah, they not are. only is yeah. this, you know, yeah, not only is just the dollars value different, but like the amount of budgeting and like marketing and stuff goes on. So even though it still made money, it just was considered a failure for what they needed it to be. Yeah, especially because they were trying to boost a whole universe, right? And they, I mean, it so, barely did double, while these mummy films were four times what the budget was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting that they tried to reboot this series and turn it into like a cinematic universe of monsters. Um, yep. It's and an it interesting idea, far. but it didn't work, yeah. I, yeah, I like the idea, like actually having, you know, a, a greater thing, like, because that, that harkens back to like the films of the 20s and 30s, like your classic Dracula Frankenstein films. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that idea of having all these films in that series, but, you know, like Dracula un, Reborn or Untold or whatever it was, that film was hot garbage. Mm. Uh, and then, Luke Evans. and that's where they were going to try to. This is kind of their lead on. They're like they were going to connect it to it all. And yeah, just, was was that connected at all to the Invisible Man? Originally, the Invisible Man was going to be, but then after the failure of the Mummy the reboot, Mummy. that's when that's when they revamped it all and made it a um a very clever gaslight parable. So originally, it wasn't supposed to be like that. It was going to be just like you're right. It was going to be part of that universe, and probably would they, have been a worse film. Much worse. Would have been much worse film, but <laughs> yeah. they did. That, that's a beautiful success story. That film. Because yes. they made something great with it. All right, getting into it. Dennis Franz, who's he play? He's got I think the, that's an easy answer. He's got to be the pilot in one of the movies. Oh, that's another good pick. The actually. pilot that gets betrayed or gets screwed over anyway. That's good. That's good. Luke, yeah, but, but you can't you can't replace Davos. He was great. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't know. I could see him as um the. Forget that I don't know the actor's name. I'm going to be bad with names in this, but the main, like the main character, like uh, are you talking about the, John Hannah, the guy who's always after money? Yes, yeah. yes. I was going to say the brother Jonathan? of um, Jonathan. Yes, oh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, yeah. 
I know. I no. like Jonathan as a scrawny little guy. That's not yeah, I, I, yeah. Those main no, characters I find hard to hard to recast because I just enjoy them all together so much. My, no, so but mine would be the the warden who's with them in the first film, like the the prison guy who got, who gets the scarab beetle on his head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yep. be my that's my pick. But the pilot works well as too. Yeah, that's a bad death to, death to oh, give to mm. Death Friends, man. I don't want to see that. Look, it's meant to shock you, though. Imagine if you... Yeah, I'd feel so bad. Like, Dennis, you're a sleazy prison guard, but you don't deserve that, buddy. Yeah, I forgot about that prison guard. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, let's go through it. Unless you guys have any other pre-thoughts. No, let's get into it. All right. The Mummy. It is the year 1923, and Richard Rick O'Connell, an American explorer and fighter for the French Foreign Union, has discovered Hamanaptra, the City of the Dead. Three years later, he meets a beautiful librarian, Evelyn Evie Carnahan, and her brother, Jonathan. When Evie accidentally revives the mummified corpse of an Egyptian priest, Imhotep, the pair must find a way to kill him before he rises back into power and destroys the world. Sick. The stakes are high. Mm. Stakes are so high. Um, Luke just, just, just vomit uh, on it, go. Okay, I'll just, I'll just quickly say, I did not realise until like this movie started, and it tripped me out so much, I really th- thought these films, all these years, were set in modern times. Like I pictured it, like you know, <laughs> like a so modern confused. day treasure hunter, like wanting, like you know, trying to and finding this stuff. Did you when did it you came up, like national treasure? Is that what happened? <laughs> basic, like I just, I just assumed the mummy, like the way they, I don't know, like just seeing Brennan Fraser there, like I, I tie it to like the Uncharted games and being like, you know, it's like. But why didn't like, you watch those? You love Uncharted. Yes, I do. I know. But, um, like, yeah, so when it came up and it was, like, you know, the 1920s and, like, it's they've got all the old muskets and the shooting and the start of film, I was so tripped out and I was like, I was like, okay, so is this guy, like, a mortal? Is it going to go to modern <laughs> times now? And I was like, what? I was like, okay. Because it just feels like the time setting isn't needed, if you know what I mean. Like, it's never like, oh, no, this is definitely the 1920s. It feels like you, you could say this is the... 80s or 70s and it would be just fine for the most part like i don't think it changes anything in these films or am i wrong it makes a a lot of sense though it gives more reason for him for everyone to be there in terms of like you know colonialism is still rife so the brits are still there occupying huge parts of egypt yeah there is still there's like there was a i mean it's always been big but there was a lot more like searching for egypt like egypt Egypt mania has always been pretty big, but this was the era, like the early 20th century was when that was biggest. So it makes a lot of sense to have all these people looking for it then, whereas it's not quite as, it's more far, not, it's more fantastical if it's in modern day. And they're like, I'm just going to Egypt to try to find a treasure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. I was I, just surprised. I feel like that's like, the, isn't that like the treasure hunting time period too? Like, yeah. yeah. It's particularly today, like, treasure hunting is like, looked down upon, like, you're just robbing. Like a people of their relics, like you're not, yep. you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't own any of this stuff. It belongs to the to the ancestors of these people. Whereas I, and I like maybe that sentiment wasn't so strong in 1990, whatever. But no, um, well, yeah, in the yeah, 1920s, it was like let's let's crack open these sarcophagus, sarcophagus whatever it is, sarcophaguses, and get the gold <laughs> because we want we want the gold. We don't care about the we want gold, the historical relevance. Yeah, because around the 60s and 70s, especially, you start to get all the like the. Re- Sort of the a lot of the decrees ending colonialist certain mm. policies, and you start getting artifacts returned. There's a huge push to like this should actually be back with the people rather than. Whereas yeah, in the 20s, it's like no, no if we find this, we'll take like this is for Britain and we'll take it to a museum. So you're right; it's 
there'd be a lot more politics to navigate if it was set in, you know, 1999 when it's filmed. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying, like, I don't, even watching them, though, except when it reminds me of the date, like, I don't feel like, oh, this is a 19, this is set in the 1930s, you know? What I mean is, like, it just feels like it's... Yeah. The, the time, oh, I'll agree, the time setting doesn't play into it a whole lot. Like, you could replace those old-timey cars with slightly newer cars and set it in the 60s or whatever. I don't think it would yeah. matter. You could give him crappy, no. crappier guns than what other people had at the time and it would probably work the, be the same sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Just to, to start my, like, um, vomiting I, on the film. I raid. And, like, seriously, my notes... It brings this up a thousand times and it, it just seems to keep popping up and popping up. What ruins these films without the nostalgia watching this in 2021, the CGI is so bad. It is I not feel that like. bad. I found it like laughably bad. What are you talking what, what about? What scene are you talking about in number one, particularly? Number two, I'll okay. like, if you want to talk about the Scorpion King in number two, we will get there. But number one, number one, I feel yeah. like I feel like the CGI is very sparse. I feel like when it's used, it works pretty well. It's definitely over okay. time, but I feel like it's pretty just, it's pretty far far in between the CGI. Discussing parts. these films, CGI is going to be a thing because like I feel like CGI is what ruins these films for me. Anytime there's a CGI thing happening on screen, I'm like. Laughing because I'm like, this looks so bad. Like every time. What? I'm just. I'm sorry. That's just honestly. When he finally um, is it Imo Imo Pet Imo Tep Imo Tep Imo Tep. You um, know his name. Don't don't disrespect. What, him. When he is finally restored and he's back to him, I was like, thank God. I was like, up until that point, I was like, okay, now he feels. It now he feels like he could be a threat. You know, before that, it's just laughable just seeing him be like. And like when he first appears, I was like, "Oh, this this looks really bad. This looks really bad." I never ever want to see a CGI mummy making out with someone again. Like I, so it's good. just it's it's really bad. Um, there I really want to get into the CGI when we discuss the third film as well because it brings up my issues with that as well. But in this one, I will say like it's not the biggest thing, but I just I wish they'd done practical effects for stuff. Like scarabs are like. The scarabs are fine. Like they, it looks, it doesn't look great, obviously. But like I think Imhotep himself, like every time he just does not feel threatening at all. It doesn't feel like oh, it 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 looks like I'm watching like Robot Chicken. Like it just looks like this really bad CGI thing. And when he's finally restored, I was like, okay, good. Now I can take this film a bit more seriously. I don't, I don't know if you just need a worse TV. Like maybe it's your expensive TV that's showing up the, <laughs> the imperfections, but it, but at 1080p DVD quality, moi, chef's kiss. The, yeah. the, the special effects in this are by ILM, like famous for doing Star Wars and a billion yeah. and one other fantastic movies that have incredible special effects. And you're going to say, no, what, then what happened? Great. And what happened here? They're good. There's nothing, nothing wrong. They're not. They're really not. What in number and one is are. bad? Tell me what in number one is bad. Like a Imotet. specific scene. He's not bad. He looks great. You can see he through does, his he skull. Does not. Yeah. I hundred percent disagree. I think he looks. Fine. When he's when he's half formed, he looks great because you see, yeah, the flesh there, and you, they've still got what's his face, Arnold Vosloo. You can still tell they him. They just CGI'd him a bit. It looks fantastic. When he's like, oh. you see, when his face is half formed and he screams at at yeah. um, Rick, like that scene is good. I I love that. I I can't I can't hear you shitting on the CGI number one because I think it's fine. No, it's I look, think it's perfectly like, serviceable. Thing. Man, like 
it just becomes a thing. I keep I I tie it to other films of this era, and I'm like, there's no way the CGI in this looks as good as what Fellowship of the Rings CGI does, or what's Two C- Towers, what's C- what's CGI or Return of the King. Like, what CGI moments in Lord of the Rings are there that are that are spectacular specifically? Gollum, like to the same. All of the CGI Isn't armies. Go- Go- like- Gollum in the first Dude, one looks. Picture any worse. of the armies of the dead in this one. And tell me it doesn't look ridiculous. Like you're watching a cinematic from a PS1 game of like it does it doesn't look like that these at like all. skeletons marching. It looks bad. You know? You're like, so oh, you're so wrong. Goodness. Anyway, anyway, that's just that's just a just a little point. Just little. the first one I it's fine. I, I was watching the first one with my with my wife. Um and I had assumed she'd watch these films as well. Now this is gonna break a lot of hearts out there. When I asked my wife, though, she um she said that she kind of has an aversion to Brendan Fraser. So I have this aversion to Nicolas Cage. I just refuse to watch anything with him in it. I don't Both like Nicolas Cage. Podcast. And Conan, she says, you don't like Tom Tom Hanks. So yeah, exactly. Tom Hanks man. And that's you'll, just you'll unreasonable. Um, Rana, who do you who do you hate? I have to think of someone. <laughs> <laughs> no one comes to mind. I love it. We all have someone. Uh, um, so Brendan Fraser is that not exactly that. Hers, her main one is Kira Knightley. She can't watch anything with Kira Knightley. She doesn't like Kira Knightley. Um, but yeah, she just so she hadn't seen them. We started watching them together, and no joke, got half an hour into it, and we were away on holidays for our anniversary when we were watching this. And she paused it and she was like, "Can we not waste our anniversary watching this film?" She was like, I'm fine with you watching this trilogy on your own. I'm out. <laughs> We're not watching this film now. I will say, watching it on my own, I was more just like, okay, it's 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 cheesy. You know, like it's just mm. the first one I don't hate that much. Um, I was able to enjoy it. I feel like the second half of the movie is better than the first. Um, I find, um, what's his name? Um, Bunny? Is it Bunny? Benny. 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 Like your mate Ben. Um, I hate him. I You're hate meant to. You're no, but, <laughs> no, it's not like it's not that type of hate, like, oh, this character is really bad. It's this acting is so annoying and this character's so annoying. I just want him to die and go away. And he's there for like the whole film. I thought it was hilarious when he throws him overboard, and I was just like, oh, awesome. He's done. Thank it God. Is a, it's a great moment of comedy. It, that film. is. I wrote that down, him throwing Benny overboard. I was like, hilarious. That's that's funny how he just picks him up and throws him. Um, I like Brendan Fraser in this. Like he, I felt like it took a little bit for me to get into him in this film. Like I feel at the, at the start, I was just like, ah, oh, it seems weird. Like when he's in the cage and he's getting hung and everything like that. And it's just, I was like not into the dynamic. Um, the second half of the film, though, I feel like, I was able to enjoy it more. Once the Imhotep wasn't a CGI bad skeleton monster mm. from Robot Chicken, um, I was able to enjoy it more, except for obviously the scenes that he's always like, yeah, and like doing all yeah, these motions in the middle of the desert himself. And it just, it looks ridiculous. Like it looks like it's meant to be funny. Like, I'm sorry. It looks like it's what a scary movie of the mummy would be. Like, it looks like it's a parody of the mummy, the mummy movies. Um, We've had some bad takes on this show, but that is <laughs> perhaps the worst. But oh, I don't know. There's the whole camel and horse race. It's just everything. It's it, so good. Uh, but it just doesn't. 
it's a really good character moment. It shows that these guys aren't just like treasure hunters. They well, they are, but they aren't just like silly. They're not just out for money. They've got a bit more sense. You know, Rachel Weiss or Evelyn, she knows got to use camels because they will do the race better in the desert because of this she's she's done the research. Like it's great character. Mm. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to hate on it too much. I'm not. I don't want to be the bad well, guy. You already have. <laughs> I'm sorry for the last ten minutes, but yeah. Anyway, Look, I think these, particularly the first movie, is so much fun. Like, um, yeah. I think the the dynamic between Brendan Fraser, between Rachel Weisz and John Hannah, like those three together, I think they have just. I think they have really good chemistry, particularly Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Like those two. It's- Oh, good, isn't it? Might be one of the best couple, like couples in like an action movie ever, maybe. Like, I just think they they work together so well. I'm so glad that they didn't go the Indiana Jones route and like separate them after every movie and give give him a new girl. Like, I really appreciate that they have that family dynamic going, and that John yeah, like no, and that Jonathan's part of that as well. Like, I think I think there's a really fun dynamic there, and I think they play off each other really well. There's definitely a chemistry there. Obviously, we lose that in the third movie, but we'll get to that. Um, For unrelated reasons. I, th- I don't know. There's so many little things about this movie. They're like, I think I really, I mean, and I mean, these movies probably didn't come up with these names, but like the chanting Imhotep, like that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy, like yep. they have all these cool names, like uh, Hamanuptra and um, yep. Anuksunamun, like all these names you say over and over again, they sound really cool coming out of your mouth. Like, I just think that's fun. Um <laughs> Like Jonathan saving the day with the book. Oh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> That's right. It's the bird, the stork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Iconic. Was each, do you guys remember like in the early 2000s, Egypt becoming a hot thing again? Because I feel, yeah. I, I do. I remember there was one of those like subscription things you could get from the newsagent. Where it was like, <laughs> every week, here's a new Egyptian thing. Here's a new and it was just a whole pyramid. Yeah. Like it was that kind of stuff. I remember that was a big thing. And I think these movies did sort of, Re-kickstarted that again for this the 21st century. It was Yu-Gi-Oh, and you're like Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh is there too, yeah. Um, I just think it had a like it shows how much fun Egypt was. Like you're right, it had all the cool names. It had the canopic jars, which were really fascinating. Mm. It had like you know these huge like death masks made of gold, and this was all real stuff. Yeah, and so that's a fascinating culture, and I think it was. I think this was really cool for showing that they're like this is an Egypt like a lot of Egyptian stuff. This is like. The imagery, this is fairly accurate to a lot of like they did have an Egyptologist on set being like, this is how like they helped because um what is it? Imhotep was a real guy, but very different. But like Hamanaptra is fictional, but they had this guy's like, this is what an Egyptian city name would be. And that's why it feels so cool, because it is like a if it, it yeah, it's authentic. It's so good. I just another note I have is like I just feel like these archaeologists are just like Way too quick, like oh, let's just start shooting people and murdering people, like like John Henry, uh, Jonathan, like he's just pulling out guns and starts shooting people, murdering people. No effect on his like his mental state or anything like that. And I know thirties was a different time, dude. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Everyone's just ready to just start shooting and everything like that. But um, I don't, I don't know. Like um, I wrote in here. I know I won't keep going into the CGI, but just. I felt like he looked really cool until he t- takes that mask off in that area. I'm like, okay, he looks scary here. Then he takes the mask off and it's that face. And it just, it ruins the scene for me every time. And I don't know if it's without the nostalgia and just looking at it now after what we're blessed with these days with CGI and everything. And like, it doesn't hold up, you know, but yeah. I honestly there, think, there is, 
honestly think you need to watch this on a worse TV. Like, seriously, like, this was not so shot in I should 4K. have come over to your house and you, This was not no, shot in 4K. Come watch this on my crappy 1080p TV. Chef's kiss. Like, yeah. it's, it looks fine. It's like watching what reality TV at 120 frames per second. You can see all the wrinkles <laughs> around their eyes. Like, it's just, it's not meant to be yeah. viewed that way. And yeah, and I do think, like, it's the same as you look at anything. And again, even Lord of the Rings, you will never see this because you are high on nostalgia, just like Paul Latrius is high on spice. Yeah, I put in another Dune reference. Mm. You was like, Lord of the Rings has no sins. It's never done wrong. But then there are parts in those films where you can see it. You can see it at the crack of the seams because it was made in that era. And this is the same. There are scenes in this where it's like, yeah, I can see the, the wires oh, but or whatever. It's not like... But it's, it's not, not like, bad. Oh, if, I, if I look, I can see that orc's not... Re- it's like, oh, look at me, ooga booga booga. Like, um, it's just like, it's it's too much, though. No, it's like, it's... it's because at the time they were like, look how cool this CGI is. And it doesn't hold up. If you, I bet if you, I bet if you watch the original cut of Lord of the Rings on your TV today, it would not look as good as you think it does. Yeah, like you, it's been remastered to hell, released in 4K, Blu-ray. Like I'll, I'll, I'll loan you my DVDs. CGI. I'll loan you my DVDs and watch them and tell me it looks <laughs> as good as your is what you think it does. Look, like I wrote in my notes, like I definitely enjoyed the first one. The more it went on, um, yeah. I thought the ending was good. Like it. I was happy at the end of the film. I was like, okay, cool. And I was looking forward to watching the second one. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I actually enjoyed the first half more. I really enjoy the build-up. I enjoy the mystery. I enjoy the tension. I enjoy all the whole... There's a lot of scenes I love. I love the scene on the boat where they meet. you meet the Americans. Benny gets thrown overboard. Rick's just like loading his guns. And Evie's like, what are you expecting there? He's like, in a word, evil. It's just a lot of really cool moments that I don't know, I really enjoy. I just love the aesthetic of him in the suspenders and the shirt with guns ready. Like, I mean, he looks just, like a star. There's no denying that. I don't know how he did not like completely explode after this and was not in every movie. I don't. What happened to his Blows career? Me away. It's a travesty, Brendan. Yeah, it's a genuine travesty, and I think we're we're living at a time, guys. Could be the most exciting time because we're gonna see the F- Brendan Fraser sons. We're seeing him come back. He's but because you're. He was, he was a movie star. Like he had all the ingredients for it, and I, yeah, there's a huge amount of things. Like I'm sure you guys know, there's a lot of stuff with his, you know, personal life. Things went yeah. wrong, and he was in some big films. Like he was in, um, I think, The Quiet American was meant to be really big and didn't do what it did. Crash, like you know, people don't like it now, but that was a massive hit, one best picture and stuff. And then he was in that Journey to the Center of the Earth, which was meant to be, you know, would be a film that The Rock would now be in and would bring people in for yeah. some reason. Yep. Like I think there's just some weird. Hey, is that short of me? <laughs> a little bit. I think there's just there's some weird career choices and options that happen, and so it's like a lot of things go wrong. The together, really? yeah, the together just. Our world just would have been a better place if in 2008 he joined the MCU instead. I mean, he's really. I really like him in um, Doom Patrol, but mm. you're probably right. Yeah, I I think it's this is some of the best. Like you're saying the foreground, the chemistry and the characters. I, that's what I took away from this rewatch. I think without the chemistry as good as it is, without having like, like he's just such a fun leading man. He's not too bad. He's not like Harrison Ford where he's just he's very very like heroic. He's got a real sort of like comedy. And he, he's got an aloofness in a way. Um, Evie's obviously very, like got that in spades, and she's so fun because she's so smart, but she's kind of ditzy, but not yeah. not to the point where she's like stupid and needs to be rescued. She's actually pretty strong on her own. Yeah, and she, you know she end, she ends up coming in and actually helping, like she helps. A lot. She's much more interested damsel in distress, which is really great. Mm. 
And you're right, with Jonathan in there, he's just hilarious. And the three of them play off each other so well. Throw Benny in the mix. Yeah, oh. it's great. Like, that's that's definitely what I took away too. Like, say what you will about the CGI. I think it holds up fine. Um, and, like, there's those big scenes where he's, like, he's in the plane and he's shooting at the wall of sand and it's trying to swallow them up. Like, these things wowed audiences back in 1999. I think they hold up fine. But, it, yeah, for me, it was, like, the, the this chemistry that these actors have together that I took away from it. I just think this character is a lot of fun, fun to watch together on screen. Like, just touching on Imitate again... Like I did think it was cool, like how they um, how they buried him back in ancient times. Like that seemed mm-hmm. really like horrifying. Like you know this yep. like excruciating thing. But I feel like you know there's nothing to show for that. Like it's not like you would think he would be messed up, like psychologically, like deranged. He just seems like a a, a modern dude. Like oh, yeah. I'm Egyptian. I'm I'm the I'm a king. Like, Are you saying like, that if someone wants to conquer the world, they're not messed up? No, I think but, that, that no, desire is like, pretty. No, pretty man, firm. like he suffered an eternity of like pain. You'd think, like I don't know. Anyway, he suffered it. I don't think he'd be able to resurrect his love though. That's what his goal is. He's not. I don't know. Do you want him to sit yeah. down with a psychiatrist and explore how he feels? I'm not sure what you want. Like they could have done like a oh ancient man in modern times doesn't know what a cup is. Like no, I mean, that's no, really I'm boring not saying too. That. Is that what you want? I'm not sure what you want. I want him to be like more deranged. I don't know. I just feel like he just looks silly when he's standing there in the desert, oh, like comes whoa, that's your, that's motioning stuff. Like I know. I don't know. I don't. Th- no. Do you guys think he plays that character great? Do you think he's acted well? Like I just I, do, I don't yeah. think... I think he's really good. <sighs> he's iconic in my mind. I think there's some, there's a very funny scene in the second one <laughs> that we'll talk about. But there's a scene where even I'm like, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. But I think he's good again. What's his name? Vaslu. I keep keep getting his name. He's just confused. like he feels like a nobody. Maybe he's in a bunch of stuff I haven't seen. But no, he's not. His career also didn't go anywhere. But um, yeah, I think he's really good. I think he is. I think he's quite scary. I think you can sort of he's got a he's got a weird like he's not charismatic, but you can see there's a bit of an allure to him because he's like he's not traditionally handsome, but he's just very confident in himself. I don't know. I think he's I think he stops. He looks maybe this is the same way, but he looks ancient Egyptian to me too. Like he has the look of someone out of this yeah. time, or yeah, I don't know. I yeah. just I think he's good. I I just don't know why you've got such a beef with him. If it's, if it's just okay. the CGI, it- that's not his fault. Okay, no, is it is it the first one or is it the second one? I don't know if I'm ruining the moment that you want to talk about. Like, when he does, like, the crouch on one knee and he's like, no! Is that... <laughs> it's it's, it's so bad! It's, like, it's, it's hilarious. Like, I see he does it and I start laughing. Like, I found it genuinely hilarious. It's the strangest thing. It's, it's I remember like, I was watching it. My no! wife was... Like, no, the, best, the funniest thing about it is that he is he. This is the second one. Yeah, he runs up and like crouch, crouch does it. It's, like, it's like he's come off stage left. Yes, on a plane. He's, forgot, he's forgotten it last minute, and there's like that's you the nailed take, it. It's literally it's, like watching a play. Like it's like someone it's, running yeah. on stage in a play and doing it. Yeah, like, I, I won't defend that scene. It's the it's the dumbest okay. choice. It's, it's so <laughs> stupid. But every I watched like my wife was in and out of the room when I was watching this. And yep. she saw the part, and she's like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Even like even my wife, who doesn't really know, my, like she's not a film person. She's yep. like, that's a strange thing. That's a it looks job. weird. Like it looks it looks really yeah yeah. yeah. It's anyway. it's hilarious. All right, moving on. The yeah. Mummy returns in 1933. Now Rick O'Connell and Evelyn Carnahan are married with an eight year old son, Alex. 
When Alex triggers a curse and Imhotep is resurrected, Rick and Evie must once again try to save the world and fight both the mummy and some random dude named the Scorpion King. I forgot on this rewatch how much of a non-role the Scorpion King, King is. is a, it it like, feels like such a setup for a spin-off and that's it. Yeah, and I realised then, yeah, Scorpion King comes out the next year, so they were very quickly planning this. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's not great, but this movie is good. I think this is a really solid sequel. I think it um, in my mind originally it was not as good, but watching it again, I'm like it's probably on par. I think it's got a lot of scenes I love. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I and the what is it, the, the Rotten Tomato score disagrees, but I think it's got a lot of really cool moments. I, you know, kids aren't great actors, but I kind of enjoy them having responsibility in this young this young buck. Yeah, um, I, I really appreciate. Like, I, well, you already, I already said this, but I really appreciate they went the family route with Rick rather than the uh, international man of mystery who has a, you know, hangs his hat on a different doorknob nor- 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 every night. So, doorknob, doorknob. I'm going to yeah. use that phrase from now on. I like that. Um, like, yeah, I um, I was surprised that like they do this time jump and he's got a kid. Like, it's very much you know. I feel like that's what usually would be reserved to like the third part of like this series or anything, but mm. um, you know, I like it. And I, I do like that. Like it's, it's introduced straight away, like going through my notes again and like thinking back on the second one, I'm like, did I like this more than the first one? I feel like I enjoyed this more than the first one. Is that like, I don't think the there's any shame in that. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, my, I don't know if you'll be able to see my notes. The first note is The Rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, How did he become a movie star? I mm. found um, I found like more lines funny in this. Um, it's got Mr. Echo from Lost in it. Um, yeah. I think he's great. Uh, I feel uh, it's just there's a, there's a few lines in this that I, I thought were funny and I liked the setting of it and I liked him at them having this kid and like being responsible for him and everything like that. Uh, this whole thing with um, the lady trying to be his new um, Anuk Sunamun. Um, you know, Anuk Sunamun. Even though we see a mummy make out with her and it's really gross. Um, that scene is fire. Oh, man. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's bad stuff with that. CGI is bad in this film. Just some, saying it again. Things, definitely. Um, like, it's really bad, but... I know there's a few, and I think I think the kid helps the dynamics in this. Like him interacting with the bad guys, I find entertaining. Um, even though, yeah, kids don't act great back, no. especially back in the day. Um, I, th- I think he's serviceable, but yeah, he's not like. Yeah, yeah it wasn't distractingly bad. It wasn't no. like, oh, shut up, shut not up. Not like the you CGI, know, right? Like that. <laughs> no, I'm glad you agree. Um, yeah, and I don't know. There, there is that part in there. There's the whole. I'm sorry, I'm just going through notes, so I'm just going to bring up random things like. The whole reenactment thing when they're like reenacting the past and it brings Evie into like a role from the past as well. I feel like that's a bit weird though. I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was I thought it was an interesting choice. Like it's not phenomenal, but I think it gives her a bit more material to work with as well. She becomes more you know, she becomes more badass. But she is does, it yeah. too convenient then? Is it, it like is a little. It's not my it's favorite this whole thing Star about Wars this thing. Of small world syndrome or whatever it is, like everybody's yeah. tied to this one thing, or yeah, yeah I don't know, but for sure. But I, I think in the context of this film, I'm not like I don't have huge issues because the whole thing is like a fun romp. You know, what are the odds of them finding the Scorpion King's bracelet, and what are the odds? You know, like, there's a lot of things that happen conveniently. 
because it's it's fun, and I think that just that gives them a bit of a uh, bit of room to to stretch it in my mind. But yeah, I um I got the note here where he says like if you move that fast enough, you can almost write your name. I don't know why I thought that was hilarious. It made me laugh, but yeah, um, because I feel I feel like I like the ending battle in this one a bit more. Mm. Um, even though it does have the the bad crouching no scene, but yeah, like I I feel like <laughs> my memory of this film, I put it over the first one, but yeah, I don't know. It's still not an amazing film. It's still a forty something percent film, but I found this more enjoyable. I feel like I was more just able to take it for what it was instead of being distracted. I don't know. Mate, honestly, to go back to the first one, maybe it was high expectations because I hadn't watched these films and I've been wanting to for 20 years. And <laughs> the first one disappointed me with my high expectations of this being an awesome film. Um, and so Wait, I was I'm going to get set. 2021 CGI in this 1999 film, man. It'll be great. I know. I just expected at least 2000 CGI, not bloody... You, you expected anyway. 4K CGI, which is just not something they did. I've watched it in 4K. <laughs> it yeah, but it wasn't remastered for 4K. No, I know. I, uh, I don't think this movie is as good as the first one, personally. I mm. I think this one is let down by the CGI. We might talk about it a bit more, but, I mean, the elephant in the room is the, oh, scorp- the Scorpion King Let's talk scene. about it now. Is oh, that the worst CGI much, reveal of How much anything? I enjoy them having some mummies in London. Like, I really enjoy that opening scene, where, like, where they're in the double-decker bus. And yeah. they're like running along yeah. the buildings at them and stuff. I just, yeah, I think that whole that whole early scene is really, really good. Might be my favorite part out of all of these movies, maybe. I agree. I love it when he, he walks in the room and he's just like, hello, Jonathan, <laughs> I thought I told you no more parties. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. Like, it's just that really, yeah, a lot of really great delivery. I agree. It's just fun seeing like, you know, period London getting smashed apart by zombies, uh, yeah. mummies. And that line when he's like, man, I hate mummies. Like, ha, I was thinking that same thing, Brendan. Classic. All right, Scorpion King. It's freaking terrible. <laughs> like that CGI. It's yeah. it is really yeah. atrociously bad. Yeah, Do you know what's it's, funny? It's not. it's not even that bad. Oh, you shut up! What are you talking <laughs> about? It's not even. I I don't even think it's the worst CGI in this film. Oh, though, I think it's, like, you've convinced yourself. You've convinced no, yourself. Legit. To just, just I was waiting what? for it the whole time because, like, I've seen clips of it, like, um, where corridor crew of like try to fix it and i've like i've known it's bad and yeah it's bad when it came up i was just like oh this is par for the course like it doesn't look monstrously bad compared to what i've just watched in two films with imitate what is it's, worse it's like, what like, is worse it's not that bad like it's bad you said it's not the worst in this film what's the worst example in this film um, you're, gonna, you're gonna say imitate's head again okay no the bloody balloon the balloon cgi looks horrible what are you talking about? With, when they go in the hot air balloon, it just it looks, looks like really. A no, it doesn't, man. It doesn't. You need to. <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks like uh, looks like a cartoon, and the, like just these people stand. It looks looks very. He's growing a googling it. The balloon. Yeah, I remember too. what it looks like. I mean, it's <laughs> not even that memory memorable, right? No, it's no, not. But like, it I wrote a note. It was such and, a. Oh. I don't know. It, anyway, like, the Scorpion King is infinitely worse than that scene. Yeah, it's not great, but I do like that scene. I like that you know there's this third um, third entry into this fight or whatever that they both want to defeat. Um, Why is he a scorpion? That's my question. <laughs> I don't know because honestly, in my notes, like 
it would have been so much cooler if it was just The Rock and it was this I, three fight for like like three way fight, sword fight or whatever. Um, yeah. would have been so much better, especially when you have like the first five minutes introducing The Rock as this legendary soldier. Yeah. And so then you're expecting this legendary soldier to walk out, and it's just a, an actual scorpion with the rock's head on it. Very bizarre. Couldn't yeah. they have made him yeah, like okay. his art, like the Anubis army? Like, couldn't he have taken on those features rather than the scorpion features? I don't know. It's just also would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah. it's a weird. It's a weird. This film does suffer from its lot, like a lot more of a reliance on CGI. There is a lot, like the whole Anubis soldiers. There's a lot more mummies doing stuff. It really, it does suffer from it. I think it's. Again, I don't think there's any moment except the Scorpion King that's like, wow, that's terrible. But and the same thing, I things mean, like the um, the, no, pygmies. Uh, the Anubis army. Yeah, I wasn't the Again. biggest fan of the Anubis army. I don't think it was like it definitely stood out as not being great. No, but if you look at it from up top, it's as good as the Lord of the Rings armies, man. It is not. So it's no, only no, if you look at that. That's literally what I was comparing it to the whole time. I was like, I was like, this came out after Two Towers, oh, man. No. Compare Helm's Deep to this. It's ridiculous. It's night and day. Mm. Helm's Deep sucks. Yeah, look, <gasps> Anubis was filmed yeah, at night. That helps. Yeah, I think, but the great, like, I like the Anubis army though, nonetheless, as a concept because I, I know, I'm a big fan of that whole. You've got a massive battle, like with Helm's Deep, and like a little, you got a big battle, and you got like the the small conflict going on in the background. Mm. You know, like and like that. Oh, sorry, in the foreground, that's the main focus, and it gives what's his face, Oded Fair, um, the the Magi. It gives him so mm. much time, and he is like such a charismatic, handsome dude. And he is so cool, just being like he's got his sword, he's cutting soldiers up. Like I um, I like awesome. him. I like him. Um, we didn't talk about him in the first one as well. Like I like him in the first one. Yeah, he's, um, he's a good mysterious character in the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like um, like I like how he says like, "Oh, that was my first bus ride." After like the ending of that, <laughs> you know, set piece. Um, there's the thing he says to the kid at the start, where he says, "Um, oh, by putting that on, you may have started an apocalypse." <laughs> And then Brennan is yep. just like, you lighten up. Like, stop it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So, okay, Lo. So, okay. Just touch on the CGI. The whole thing of him commanding the water looks so silly. Like, with him standing there commanding the water and pulling the facial expressions, like, it's just, it, it's just laughable. I'm sorry. No, and, there's, that, there's that scene in Lord of the Rings, though, where she controls the water. And it's badass. It's, it's just not that good. It's the same. Um, Okay, and so what? What's his name? The Magi. Sorry, Ardith Bay. Okay, well, the Magi, <laughs> when his bird dies, and then something else happens, and he wants to let like his his team know. He's like, I need to go let my team know. But they're ages away. His bird just died. What's he, how's he going to let them know? I don't understand what? that. He's like, I need to go, and he's then back. Brendan Fraser convinces him to stay. He's like, No, we need you. And he's like, Okay, what was he going to do? Just walk. Like for weeks and weeks back to wherever they were, like where he was sending the bird off to. Don't they have horses or something? I can't even remember. Like, no, I assume they've got some sort of transport, right? No, because the helicopter, the plane had just crashed, or the balloon, or whatever it was, and so they had they had just landed there. I forget what happens that makes him want to go back intelligence, but his bird had just been killed. Yep. And he's like, I don't, I just don't know. I was like, where are you going to go? You're in the middle of the jungle. The How magi are going to go tell your friends. They the magi have mysterious ways. Okay, they can so. walk in. The, they can walk fast in the desert. For all we know. True. <laughs> um, before we get t- too much into it, I'm sorry. So, something I will say, and I had in my notes, and this is why we were talking about Dune before we started this podcast. Um, I had in my notes. I feel like what maybe I was hesitant about watching these films for so long, and maybe why I don't enjoy them is I had like. 
I've always had this belief. I just cannot vibe with the desert. Like anything to do with desert, I don't like. I don't like the heat. Like I don't like heat. You know, I'm a winter guy, but just like anything set in the desert, I find boring. I find bland. I do not find interesting. And I had all this speech prepared. I'm like, this is probably why I don't like these films. It's just, I'm not a desert guy. I have no, Egypt doesn't appeal to me at all. In high school, I'm sorry, Mrs. Drake, ancient history was like, <laughs> I was not interested at all in anything Egyptian. I didn't want to learn about Egyptian stuff. It was just the desert stuff did not interest me. Loved Dune. So <laughs> I was like, I had to scrap that note because I was like, oh, they pulled it off. Do you hate Tatooine as well? <laughs> Do you hate all Star Wars? Uh, Tatooine's not too bad, but it's it's not as cool as Endor or anything, you know. Anyway, anyway but yeah, I I I feel like I probably liked this film better than the first one. Um, Conan, since you're such a big fan, I do want to get your opinion though. Evie dies. Yep. In this shocking moment, her brother doesn't seem that cut up about it. Because Jonathan is a Jonathan just does not are... seem to care. He doesn't react at all. He's like, "It's all right, kid," and like trying to like console the kid, but like it doesn't seem to like affect him at all. And they're like, "Okay, opposite... let's try and bring her back to life." Okay, then. I mean, I yeah. Look, that that scene, I had the same thought. I was like, "There's a real lack of grief in this," because every everyone knows she's going to come back. I just, yeah, you know, I, I, I read like it. The as... Characters knew she was coming back. Like, yeah, it's true. I just read it as you know, he's trying to be strong for his nephew but it doesn't come across like that at all it literally just comes yeah. across like oh that's right like it's like you forgot that that's his sister like it's just that's yeah. another character in this film but like yeah i don't know this film i think i the way i enjoy number two is it's, it's just a bunch of set pieces it's a bunch of fun events that happen the motivations yeah. the actual plot itself is pretty dumb and like, again even though i don't hate the whole evie being uh the pharaoh's daughter like, when you think about it, it's pretty stupid. And the whole, you know, Brendan Fraser is a magi of, of all magi. Is like, mm-hmm. the, the story's kind of nonsense. <laughs> all these things, you know. to meet. It was destiny. Yeah. The Scorpion. Well, I mean, that's fine. It fits with, plays the themes of destiny. Whatever. But the Scorpion King's whole role in the film is nonsense. Yeah. But if you just take, if you just take it as a really fun part in, in London, and then, you know, you've got, I don't remember exactly how it happens, but lots of just fun things. Like, I enjoy the Bloom stuff. The part where they're getting towards the temple and the pygmies are like attacking them. I oh, love the that. Little I, things. I love that scene. No, that scene they're, is, so that scene is they're so oh, bad. They're so bad. Look, uh, we got to put a pin in it, right? Let the CGI okay. go. <laughs> this, is your, this is your pet peeve. Taking that away, that scene is really good. It's scary. It's it's just it's fun though as well. Like these little dudes just like hacking guys apart. Mm. Um, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. As, we didn't talk about it with the first one as much, but like the horror in both of these films, I think is like it's so good, it's so scary. There's so much creepy stuff that happens. Yeah, like I'll go back to the first one. The moments like watching the guys get sucked dry is nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. I chose my words very yeah, well. Yeah, it was brutal. I like yeah. those. That's really full on. Um, like the dude who gets his eyes and his tongue stolen. Like it's yep. really creepy. Watching yeah. like the, the, the diggers get like consumed by the scarabs falling back in, and that happens yep. again in number two. All that stuff is really good, and yeah, if you just take it, if you take it as like these big set pieces of fun action with comedy in there and horror, it's they're great. Like the first one, I think I agree is a better film just because it has makes more sense. Yeah, but the second one, the second one's got a lot of fun moments. Mm. Like um, what's his name? Izzy, the balloon pilot. He's really fun. 
when he comes in, I think he's really cool. Um, I think I think all these pilots are good. I'm glad he's got so many yep. pilot friends because I think they're all fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, just one thing I thought was funny as well. I like the way the kid, um, when he says he has to use the bathroom and Mr. Echo stand there and he's just like, I don't trust you. You'll look. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, think the, I, I really enjoy the train sequence as well. Like that's another set piece that yeah. I think is fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. The yeah. explorers being introduced to Imhotep. Yeah. 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 No. It, right. It's, yeah, it's cool. I, I like the whole ending of, um, you know, she ditches him like when he's done all this stuff to bring her back oh, that's or, cold, or right? whatever. And then she ditches him and he's asking for help. Brendan Fraser's telling her to leave and she comes and saves him. It's like, Oh, poetic and then he just like oh let's go and gives up on his life and yeah yeah but yeah my final note was like him getting on his knees and yelling no it's yeah (laughs) my favorite moment that scene yeah that scene stuck with me even for another kid because i was like what (laughs) what a strange thing yeah (laughs) a strange direction all right the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor set in 1946 the film continues the adventures of rick o'connell Apparently, his wife Evie <laughs> and and his son Alex against a different mummy, the Dragon Emperor of China. Um, that's that's pretty much it. That's the synopsis. Mm. I saw this movie in the cinema. I remember so I saw it I. with you, Griner. Yeah, we saw it together. Yeah, and I remember then as well as a I would have been in year nine, so I was that I was fifteen, I guess fourteen, fifteen. Did you like it? I came out thinking that was really crap. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Were you yeah. hyped going into it? I think so. I mean, you know, it's like you saw any movie that came out, mm. and I think I'd seen the other two, so I was like, oh, yeah, the new Mummy film, sure. And it had been a few years, though, since the last one, but... I just don't think I was aware enough to be like, these gaps are never good. Like, yeah. Like, you had it now, I would realise that's not a good recipe. At the time, I was like, oh, yeah, Brendan Fraser was doing other films or something. That you, happened back you... then, though. I feel like trilogies, you know, I mean, trilogies today are a different thing. They're yeah. like filmed yeah. together and released year after year after year. Um, yeah. Do you guys remember, like, did you know going into it that uh, Rachel Weiss wasn't in it? No. I don't no. Do you remember that moment when it's revealed? Or Well, no, because watch, on this rewatch, I was shocked when that happened. And I was like, what the hell? Is this part of the story? I oh, thought so it was actually forgotten again. That... I'd forgotten again. Yeah. So again, I, I blocked out most of this film. I I thought at that reveal in the third one, I was like, oh, they're going to be playing this funny thing where she's hired an actress to play her or something. And I spent a good <laughs> solid 15 minutes waiting. And then eventually I was like, no, nah, this is just what they've done. Wow. So you'd repress the memory, really. I actually had. I genuinely yeah. I forgot completely. And I hadn't researched this at all before I watched it. So I didn't like read about it on IMDb or anything. Such a crime. Like, it might be the biggest yeah. misstep of this whole movie, not getting Rachel Weisz back. Like... One hundred percent. The new Evie has zero chemistry with Brendan Fraser or Jonathan or even their son. He's bad too, though. But or um, herself. Yeah, she's. <laughs> I, feel like I don't. Just... I don't know what else that actress has done, but I don't care to see I, her yeah. in anything ever again because I think she's terrible. I, I've only seen her in one other film, and she's she's just she's a wife in that. She's serviceable. She's not um like yeah, really not memorable. I feel like she's not even trying to play Evie. Like, it seems like a different character. It seems like she's this high-class, stuck-up person. Like, she really seems like that type of person. Because I don't think Evie's particularly stuck up. Like, she might act like she comes from, like, good blood or whatever, but she's she's getting down and dirty with everyone else. She's, like, she's in it. She's clumsy, but she's very smart. She's, like, quite witty. 
and she's very charming. I don't think this this version no, of Amy is any of those things. Posh, like yeah, no, just... char- yeah, no charisma at all. Because Maria Bella's in Amy, and not, yep. not good. Um, so yeah, so shocked me when <laughs> that reveal happened, and I was like, wait a minute, what? And then every scene with them, I was just like, holy shit! How, like, how did they think this was a good idea to not recast her? Like, oh, to like to recast her. Like, if she's not available, just don't have her in the film. Come up for, for a reason for her to not be in it instead of recasting her. I feel like this is one of those last films that still did that. It was like we can just recast actors mm. and hopefully people <sighs> give us an okay. Was that like you don't really do that anymore, right? I feel like most no. people are aware you, you can't you can't get away with it. Although and this Iron Man did it just after this this movie. They recast all yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Well, but, early end, yeah, yeah. Either way, I, I don't, I feel like I don't see it much anymore. But it would have been so much better if she was just dead, and Rick oh, was just, like, especially because his his story in this is one of you know frustration, and he's like, I'm not, I need to be adventuring to be alive. That works just as well if he's like, I'm widowed, and I stopped adventuring because we she died on an yeah. adventure. <laughs> like, yeah, makes, son, makes you much can't better. follow in my footsteps. Your mum died because of this. That's a better story. Yeah, they, I, I totally could see him like falling on hard times, becoming like drunk or something like that. Like, give him some of that conflict. Get rid of the get rid of Evie. As unfortunate as as that is, like that's the option you have. Then do it because recasting it yeah. didn't work. No, and it's just yeah. It seemed like like I was really interested after watching it. I was like, okay, what happened? Like, why did she not get? And it just it seems like it's just oh scheduling, like yeah. she wasn't available at that time. It's I thought it would have to be this big drama for them to recast her. It was scheduling, delay the film, yeah. if, like if you need to. Like it's ridiculous yeah. that they thought yeah. they could pull this off. And this whole thing of them being rich and living in this thing and him hunting for fish and stuff like that, and then. This whole thing that like oh the adventure draws them in and they're sitting there like oh no we shouldn't and it's so bad like watching this new actress I was like sitting there just like gobsmacked like this is it made me really appreciate the first two films for like the chemistry that they had because the thing I think yeah. that idea actually works really well with Rachel Weiss like I think she would play that really well um, you know that, that thing, like yeah. oh no we shouldn't we we're out of adventuring you know we're not doing that anymore like I could definitely see her her pulling that off really well and that actually being a fun arc for them but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the recasting of Evie just sets so many things in motion. You can't undo it. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Evie, yeah, did that dinner scene where they're like, or I think when they're talking to the guy and they're kind of like, they're convincing each other to do it. Yeah. It, it, it feels like Brendan Fraser is trying to have fun and there's just no, it's just nothing reciprocated. <laughs> she's just trying to be posh. Oh, the like, weirdest thing to me is they chose, like she's an American. Maria Bello is an American and Rachel Weiss is British. Mm. Why on earth? And the accent is really bad in the film. It's I, so bad. That's I can't, I can't understand why they cast an American in that role, which doesn't look like her. Like there could have been, there must have been someone better. Surely, Kira Knight. Rachel Weisz impersonator out there that could have done it. Could have done it better, yeah. <laughs> I think that's where the posh thing comes from. It's this an American doing a British accent. Yeah, and it's, it's like a, it's forced. It's just yeah. It's the voice that's really bad. Um, yeah, they should have just wrote her out. Or yeah done something else but it's think, very noticeable i feel yeah. bad for brendan fraser in this film because i feel like he's struggling <laughs> like we don't have the same chemistry where's my wife gone <laughs> kind of then, thing like and then you, you add on the problem of his son 
and those scenes are also the same where it's like he is acting against two people who he's and he's just like, No, I can't I can't do this guy. So what am I still doing here? The son <laughs> is terrible, right? Like I'm not the only one that felt he's, that way. No, he's awful. He's awful. Yeah. Because he's um he's an Australian dude. Yeah. Like I and, I enjoyed yeah. the son as an eight year old or five year old, however old he was. Like that that yeah. kid acted better than the the adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, it is a strange thing. Everyone in this film is bad though. Eve's like so the sun is bad, Evie's bad. I mean, no, Michelle Yeoh's good; she's fine. But then, um, Isabella Leong, the girl who plays Lynn, like the girl who Alex falls in yeah. love with, she's yeah. really bad as well. She's not like, great. So, so flat, just awful delivery and everything. Okay, like, now I know you guys are a fan. Do you guys think um, John Hannah was bad in this? Because I, I found him annoying in this. He felt tired to me. I felt like he knew that he was just in this for the money. Yeah, he definitely. He, I definitely felt a lack of. Yeah, like he's yeah, he's just there for the money. He didn't want to be there. I don't know. He didn't have the um, and I like. I think him and Rachel Weiss play off each other really well. And like, you don't obviously yeah. you don't have that chemistry anymore. Um, yeah, he no. felt like he felt very flat in this movie. Yep. So it's yeah. I'll touch on CGI again, just because this was the film I actually had the biggest problem with it. Um, now. In regards to my whole note earlier about the desert not liking desert vibes, at the start of this movie, I was like, oh, man, I, I think I'm going to have a controversial opinion and this is going to be my favorite. I found the intro to the film, with it building up, I was like, wow. I'm so much more into this culture. I'm so much more into like this history and stuff like that. I was like, this is going to be cool. This is my jam. Um, and I thought the whole intro was cool until he turned into this like horrible CGI clay man and mm. it it really ruined everything for me. And then the fact that like you have Jet Lee and for 90% of this movie, he's this angry CGI mud clay yeah. statue. That's like, and like breathes fire and gets all heated up and then yeah. shatters apart and rebuilds or something. It's look, it's like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand if you just had Jet Lee there, it would be so much cooler. Like, <laughs> That was my note. Like, why even get Jet Li? Like, give him some wire food to do or something. Like, he, he Jet Li is so good yeah. at doing these this martial arts stuff. Why have you got him as this? Yeah, this clay soldier. It's such a waste. Yeah, it was it was interesting because they only had Jet Li for a really short amount of the shooting schedule, and that's why they did this. So they filmed his scenes at the beginning and at the end, and the, the rest of the film they didn't have a production. Like, yeah, it, it truly is. Um, the like, like, main villain. Isn't here for most of this the shoot. Um, we, yeah. Rachel Weiss is unavailable, so let's, let's see what we can do. Apparently, The Rock was the same issue in number two. That's why he was CGI. And what the hell was he doing? Oh, wrestling, wrestling, man. Wrestling's a full time job. Yeah, why does he, he got out of it then? Vince McMahon the doesn't let you King out leave for anything. No, <laughs> no, man. Um, the Scorpion King was like his, his first leave from it, and he came back as like this Hollywood character in WWE. But yeah, he wouldn't have been able to get too much time off for. Um, the mummy as well. Yeah. I um, because like you look at original ideas of this. So originally, the third film was meant to be they were going to bring back um Imhotep, and it was going to be like he has to join forces with the O'Connells, and so it would have been that classic arc of villain and hero forming a good relationship. But then that got scrapped. Um, they wanted to bring back Oded Fair, who plays Ardeth Bay, but he had no reason because Imhotep wasn't in. So he's like, why there'd be no reason for that. And so they, it seems like they really did want to have like a proper, proper sequel sort of with all these recurring characters, but the script was really bad and there was, yeah, characters dropped out because, actors dropped out because of that, so it had to get rewritten. 
And so it does just seem like a mess of a production where everything just sort of went wrong. Um, they couldn't get any, like, most of the original actors. Stephen Summers obviously didn't come back for it. I think that, I don't know if he's a great filmmaker or not, but you can tell this isn't, you know, he is the mummy, essentially. Like, the first two films are very much his it's passion his project. project. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just replaced by this fairly standard, like, you know, renter director. It's just kind of sad. Um, because I would like, I think it's cool to try to take the direction a different area and go away from Egypt, explore mummies of other cultures. Mm. It just, I wish they had. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, like, thing, even, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you continue. I was just gonna say like, yeah, there, like there was potential. It's, it's good to get out of Egypt, move away from that. Mm. You know, we could have two movies in, in China and then set a movie in, you know, Greek mythology or something like that. Like Australia. Give, sure. All those Australian mummies. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they were going to make a fourth originally. And I think Brendan Fraser wanted to return for it. It's going to be set in South America, like Aztecs. Mm. But that fell through because they they decided to reboot it instead, and we saw how that went. So, oh, man, but yeah, like I was, I'm very disappointed that I, like the third one. I was like, okay, no, I can see why this is easily the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna say, like, I was like, man, okay, I thought this new setting, I would be on board for this and everything, but as soon as like the reveal of the recast, from there, it's just all downhill. Um, <laughs> There's scenes of him with his son where he's like, oh, I'm trying to be like a, a good father and a good man. And it's like, it seems like it's meant to be like emotional and this like, and deep, but it's not. It's just, yeah, I don't feel like there's any chemistry between them. Neither. The final fight scene we have, is, we don't have any humans. It's literally a CGI army versus a CGI army, like undead versus undead. And it's just, it's like, this isn't fun to watch. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. what is this? We're watching computer graphics, like animations it's like it's nothing there's nothing there so yeah i think like the yeti as well bringing in the I yeti, yeti i was gonna say, was... say the yeti are bad they're just there's that dumb <laughs> scene where they like they kick a guy and then they do like the football scoring move it's like yeah. how does a yeti living in the mountains understand anything they've just done like this makes no sense yeah. it's pure slapstick and like i can get that in a different movie yeah. it does not fit here no, exactly. There's there's comedy in these films, and there's a yeah. That's the wrong kind of comedy. It's yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that annoyed me is like, you've got these these people who have been living for two thousand years waiting for this to happen. Why aren't they more prepared? Why don't they have anything in place to stop this from occurring? <laughs> They've just been living with in this immortal pool forever and doing nothing. They're pretty crap at their jobs, <laughs> eh? Yeah, it's uh, like it's, at least the at least the magi were like all over it. He was following them around and like in the middle 100%. of it. These guys are just like, yeah. oh, we we don't we have twenty four hours to prepare. He's coming. <sighs> you want to talk about it like psychologically scarring? That would they should be a lot more maladjusted. They're like, I've been alive for two thousand years in one room. But they just <laughs> yeah. they shouldn't be able to talk. They should just be it's a normal like, person. They've lost the ability of speech because they've never communicated. But hey, that's you know, that's just my nitpick. Yeah. All right, so just yep. just to criticize the uh, the CGI Army of the Dead, like this came out five years after Return of the King did Army an Army of the Dead. Yeah, it looks like it was done twenty years before Return of the King. I'm just saying, like, uh, it's it's. Bad. I mean, I, I genuinely can't even really remember the CGI on this, so I have no disagreement. I'm sure it is bad. Like, I don't think they put any much effort into this. I remember the the Emperor doesn't look great. He looks fine, but there's nothing like. He's not memorable or he's not overly... But legit, I thought the intro was cool. Like, the build-up, like, you know, um, 
with his his right hand man, and like you know, there's this thing happening. He's like, no, I'm going to execute him. You've done it. I was all on board, and I was like, this is cool. This is cool. But I agree, and I I love that whole idea of like the the Great Wall was built over the the bodies of the killed. Yeah, yeah. I, I I sort of like the whole like you know horror slash ultimate history of that, where it's like it's built over the bodies of all his slain enemies. That's a really cool idea, and but... could have been part of a cool film, but yeah. boy, did it not. So yeah, okay. There's look. There's no dispute. This is the worst film, right? Mm. Yes. Not even yeah. Luke with with your absurdly absurd takes. Could be <laughs> no, and I thought honestly because I wasn't super, a super fan of the first two, going into the third one, and with that intro, I was like, "This is my favorite." I was like, "This is my favorite already," and then it it it, it beat me down and ripped that <laughs> away from me. So Luke is just like, "I hate the desert, but I love snow." This movie is going to yeah. be the best. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, 100%. It's totally like, a jam. Like, honestly, I even saw, like, the poster, Brennan Fraser's there, there's snow falling. I'm like, oh, this is cool, man. I was like, this is going to be interesting and different. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, because I guess this leads into the next question, like, should it deserve to be a trilogy? This trilogy, good Lord, no. But. No, like, it seems like the production of the third one was a mess. Like, they yeah. should not have gone ahead with this film if they couldn't get stuff together. No, and I do wonder how much of like this film actually had it. How much of a role this film played in killing Brendan Fraser's career as well? Because it's kind of like a, around this time or a bit after is when he really sort of disappears and starts to make it. Only appears every now and then. The so I wonder. All, all I wonder. If, yeah, like I do wonder if there was issues where afterwards he was. You know, can you see that happen? People flop really hard, and they kind of they lose credibility because of their film's failures, not necessarily because of their own nothing they do themselves. Yeah, I mean, so, the, yeah, the I, guy, just, I wonder. The guy looked like he aged twenty years between Mummy Returns and the third movie. Like he he looks older, and I mean he is. Yeah. And I like I'm all for people in Hollywood aging gracefully, but he yeah. moves away from being that leading action hero to being grandpa, or you know, yeah, or being being dad at least. Yeah, yeah. got the dad. Uh, yeah, blood. like you know, like people in the MCU are taken care of because it's like. They're doing fitness, like they, you know, they're getting paid to be fit every day of the week. They have the, all these dietitians up. I don't think the mummy people were doing the same for their no, stuff. No. For five Rob, years. Rob Cohen wasn't like, "We need you in tip-top shape, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> didn't give a crap. Liam Cunningham's pretty good in this, though. Yeah, he's all right. I, yes, the pilots yeah, are all yeah. good. I'll, I'll say you know, it again. Yeah, you're right. That's the one thing they do well. It's like the reverse curse, right? If you've got a, a pilot in the mummy film, it's great. Um. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say about this film. I was, just, I was disappointed when I saw it. I was disappointed again. I, yeah. I want, I want a good third film or a reboot. Like I want more of the Mummy. What did um, what do you think of the ending? Jonathan getting in this this cab and being like, "Oh, I'm hiding this gem," and then like pulls it out and kisses it. Like, "Oh, we're off." And then it's like, soon after, mummies oh. were found in Peru. No, actually, I I giggled at that. I thought that was funny. Because it just flashes up. It feels weird like, in this film, though. It feels it's weird. Like, it, it feels like it's... Yeah. It does. Because that's not something that pops up in any other point in these films. Like, you know, like and like you know, like know, a, narr- a narrator like saying something or like, and this is what happened after. It's just... It seems like a weird punchline to that joke. Like, oh, this is what happened. But yeah. wasn't the rumours that the fourth one was going to be in Peru? Like that, That's, that's, that's what I was saying yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. Wanted, yeah. they wanted to do it. It was the plan. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll fall through. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just these films. <laughs> it's such a shame. 
Because I don't know, like if they if they rebooted this again, would you guys be interested at all? <laughs> Are you okay. both? I mean, well, Luke, I assume no, right? Neither of you went and saw the first reboot. So is right. it rebooted with Brennan Fraser or is it just a whole other reboot? Because I don't think you can bring Brennan Fraser in again. I would see if they, if they tried to do Brennan Fraser again, totally. If they brought him back for like a, you know, he's, I don't know, 50 now. If they're like, he's 50-year-old Rick O'Connell. I would not, I would be down for that, actually. It's like here he has really aged. Because then they could actually do the whole Evelyn has died and there's another story. I would be there for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyone deserve better in these? Brendan Fraser in the third film. <laughs> Rachel Weiss deserves to Rachel be waited, waited for into the third film, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Even like, you know, Jet Li is kind of slumming it in this. He, Yeah. I, I don't think he's amazing, but he definitely, like he has skills as a, you know, a martial arts actor and he doesn't yeah. get to do that in this movie like at all. That's what I mean. I don't know if his acting per se is phenomenal, but he is, yeah, he's a presence, right? And you have him for certain things and to not have him do any of those things or even be in the film. He doesn't like do anything, man. Like it's just, yeah. Oh, no. Wasted, wasted, wasted potential. And Rachel Weiss should have been in this film. Yeah. No, I agree. Is that just the way we fix it then? We literally just put Rachel Weiss in and it's good or... Like, because I do feel like in a lot of ways she is the the anchor for it all. If she's back in it, the chemistry is better. She salvages the she salvages a lot of the relate. Even with the son and Brendan Fraser, I think there's something more to it. And with um, John Hannah as well. Yeah, yeah. I think if you could get Rachel Weisz back, cast a better son, and then give Jet Li more to do. They're my three main things that I hated. Like I know the battles aren't amazing and stuff like that, but I think if everything else was better, that would be. Who cares? You could overlook the yeah. other stuff. And then in the final act, have the rock shop as the Scorpion King. Yes, ready and for he's revenge. Like, I'm, no, he says up. He's like, I'm here to help you guys. I learned the error of my ways in 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 Hades. Or in I hell. don't want to be a scorpion no more. <laughs> he's uh, like, the, the love of the O'Connells returned yeah. my human body to my to me, and now here I am. Yeah, I'd watch that. I want to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't. All right. Know. All right. The dying question then, 1v2, which film's better? Grana, you've weighed in. You've said number one. I believe number one is better, yes. Luke, I think you say number two. <sighs> One's probably a better film. I think I found two more enjoyable watching, Yep. if that makes any sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like two's got issues with its plot and what it does with some of the characters and stuff like that. Um, I think one overall... If I was to watch any of them again, it'd probably be the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've touched on it fairly fairly well. Like I said, the second one's a lot of fun set pieces, but the first one is a better package. It, um... oh, the second one does have him crouching. <laughs> and that would be my most rewatchable scene. Out yeah. Of <laughs> I'm legit going to rewatch it tonight. I need to show Alicia that. I forgot to show her that that's scene. A, that's a good gift that needs to take off. It really should be. Just like yeah. something in front of him, of him reacting to it, like, no. It's like... <laughs> it's... You know, just how sarcastic you are about the revelation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's just... perfect. Yeah. We made a new meme. There we go. Yeah. I think, yeah. And the first one, I just want to state again, like, just the combination of horror action stuff. It's such a great, like, these films are PG-13. PG and that shocked me when I, re- like, on the rewatch, I was like, these these films are violent. Like, mm. And they do a great job. They obviously they show all, like, the, um, the, the desiccation behind shadows and stuff. So they do a lot of that, like, the puppetry. They, they hide it well. But yeah, when you see the dude missing his eyes, when you see guys getting stabbed, it's it always yeah. shocks me. 
And like that's really cool because that's it's actually pretty ballsy. It's it's taking risks. They're trying to push the PG thirteen as hard as they can. And I just really enjoy that from my mainstream blockbusters. And Rick throws a chair at Benny. That's a that's a great scene. That yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. You've uh, got you've got nineteen ninety nine Brendan Fraser and he's great. Yeah. Like this is yeah. He's like, it's my little buddy Benny. Just good alliteration there. Yeah. Um yeah. No, I think the the first one is I will generally go to my grave saying it's a classic. I think it's been forgotten unfairly in the annals of history. I think when Fraser like when Brendan mummy. Fraser when Brendan Fraser returns to the top of Hollywood in five years' time, everyone will be like we were unfair to the to the first mummy film. What when he's sixty, man. I've got my mummy stock in. I, I think they're they are fan like I think I don't know if cult favourites is the right word, but I think they definitely have a fan base. I think there's a lot of people out there who really like these movies. Like, I think yeah. if you look at any of those scoring aggregates, the audience score is way higher than the critic scores on all of them. And it's because yeah. I think people like these movies. They're very fun. Yeah, there's a lot good to it. All right. I think we know what's next, but I've actually forgotten, so... It's Spider-Man. So, the, the, uh, Spider-Man, that's right. Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. So we're doing the... The MCU Spider-Man trilogy, hot off the presses because No next Way Home Friday only launches yeah as of recording next Friday, which is nuts. And we will be releasing that episode early, earlier than usual, because um, we know everyone wants to hear our thoughts on all the Spider-Men showing up in that third film. Um, this it's can hope. be a time capsule it's to hope. see if we're disappointed in two <laughs> weeks time or later. But yeah, no, it should be good. Like. They're good films. Um, I kind of feel like I need to watch the Andrew Garfield ones again. I yeah, I kind of feel like I need to watch them too. <laughs> and it's kind of like this is maybe the third of that trilogy that we never got. So who knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll definitely have some elements of it. All right, cool. Well, thank you for joining us in this episode, this fortnight's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Worst. If you enjoyed listening to us talk about movies, you'll love watching us talk about video games. We have another podcast, uh, Bonus XP, that comes out every off week. So if you're into three very funny guys giving relevant takes on video game culture, tune into that. Um, this is also brought to you by a book that I wrote. It's called The Taste of Iron. It's you should book. buy it. It's you, got, should, you should read it. It's got a lot of desert and sand. So if you like the mummy, you, you will definitely like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as always, um, tell if you like this podcast, like, share, and subscribe. We are on all major platforms and socials. So at Good, Bad, Worst Pod. And tell everyone you know about it, you know, bury a sarcophagus with the recordings of it so that in the future, historians will dig it up and be like, this was the biggest podcast of all time and we'll get the love and attention we deserve then. Until next time. Next time I say we've been in tougher scrapes, it's this. (laughs) Catch you next time. Catch you next time.